Y'all, I suppose it is time to do this. The music is played. The headphones are on. Let's do it. I'm a little, um, <clears throat> get a little, you know, a little, a little scraggly, a little rough in the voice today. Uh, over the weekend, so it's Monday. It's currently Monday, Saturday, Friday night, Saturday morning. I guess I was snoring or something, man. And I woke up like, oh. Throat all swollen, tonsils or allergies, who knows, man. But I get this every now and then. I have really big tonsils. I'm not trying to be weird or gross. It is what it is. It's a fact. Uh, And so, yeah, if the allergies hit or I snore or something, things get swollen. It's also a little congested. I'm telling you this for a reason. I promise I'm not just being gross. Um, A, to explain if I sound a little off. But B, more importantly... Uh, to tell you a fun little story, went to the dentist Saturday morning. It's a new dentist. I'm new in town, uh, and they're okay. They're all right, I guess. But I had a very small cavity, nothing major, and then got a uh, teeth cleaning. I don't have problems with the dentist. The dentist does not phase me. I've never had issues with the dentist, not even the cavity. Like, it's fine, man. I mean, I didn't like the shot. They give me a little shot, and you're like, oh, crap. But... I say all that to say, I went to the dentist Saturday morning, um, feeling feeling a little congested, feeling a little stuffy, feeling a little not being able to breathe, which would have been okay if I if had I not sat in the chair and they lie you back with with swollen tonsils and I'm like, dude, I can't breathe. I don't know what you want me to do. I can't breathe. Hey, breathe out your nose. I'm like, I mean, I can try, but. You know, the feeling of not feeling like you can breathe, that's not fun. If you've never never been there before, uh, take my word for it. That's not fun. So it wasn't the f- most fun of dentist trips. We got done what we had to get done. But I was like, man, really? Nah. And I usually go to the dentist in the morning. When I used to go to my old dentist, I would go at like 8 in the morning before work so I could get it out the way. Never had that problem. I don't know, maybe it's part of getting old or something. But I was like, this this sucks. Like, the dentist has never, for me, just totally stunk. It did It did the last weekend. Ugh. So I barely got out. I made it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get some Chipotle for lunch. And I did. Um, but I don't know why, because half of my mouth was numb. And I was like chewing on one side, trying to drink a soda and like, like sip it on one side, like lean it over. So oh, it'll go on the side of my mouth that can feel and taste. Your mouth doesn't work that way. I know that, but it didn't stop me from trying. So I like stumbled through some Chipotle and then I just took a nap. I was like, forget it. Good news is when I woke up, everything was fine. I could feel my face again. But as you hear, still a little bit, of, still a little, a little rough, a little rough, but we'll get through it. You might be asking yourself, Chipotle, since when? Well, since I am out of Hungry Roots, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I had, a, I, I plan in a couple breaks every now and then, but normally, like today's lunch and tonight's dinner, 
brought to you by Hungry Root. You want 50 bucks off? Go to TonyPHenderson.com. You can eat like me. You can eat like a champion. A champion that can't sit in the dentist chair. Whatever, champion. Guys, we have a science one today. Scientists. I love science stories. I don't get that many. Well, I don't look for them. Let me not lie. Let me not let me not pretend like I'm on all the science journals just like, man, I can't find a story. No. I go to one or two places, and if they happen to have a science story, I get excited, much like today. Scientists have decide, designed, that's the word, a radio message to be beamed into deep space. It's meant to receive, and they hope be understood by an intelligent alien civilization. I have seen that movie. This isn't new. The message is essentially an updated version. Oh, okay, it's a remake. The message is essentially an updated version of the famous Arecibo message transmitted in 1974. Uh, in Contact, which is fiction, uh, Ellie, the main character, goes to Arecibo uh, and is and is working there not in 74 so it's it's later uh, but it's before this new new thing they send out anyway so broadcast from the Arecibo radio telescope in Puerto Rico the message consisted of 1600 bits arranged in the seven th- 73 lines of 23 characters did you get all that it doesn't matter just know it was um yeah 73 lines 23 characters uh, the message was transmitted in binary code, so that's just ones and zeros. Once decoded, the message forms a visual graphic consisting of stick figures of humans as well as representations of our solar system, DNA, and the Arecibo telescope. Y'all telling them aliens too much. Damn, you don't need 73 lines, 23 characters. That's too much. Why? Like, We don't even like giving people our social security number. We're giving aliens our DNA code? But the scientists, they're back. There's a, what is this, a sequel or something. Now scientists have designed a new message to improve upon the Arecibo transmission. I guess, assuming we haven't heard from aliens, we uh, should probably do better, like change the message up. Maybe they're not, they're not liking what we're selling. So this new message is called the Beacon in the Galaxy message, a.k.a. B-I-T-G. It contains more information, oh boy, about basic mathematics and science than the Arecibo message did. It is hoped that these concepts will be universally understood by life forms of at least similar intelligence to humans. So if you haven't seen Contact or you're not into like all this space alien talk stuff, they they, they say the universal language is mathematics. Mathematics is the same from every human on the country, no matter the language you speak. So, of course, in theory, I'm uh, sure aliens would understand math too, right? Uh, Matthew Chong, who is a physics and math student at Cambridge and co-author of uh, one of these papers, uh, said the main part of the bit gene message contains a new set of graphical information in the form of images and special alphabets to represent numbers, elements, DNA, land, oceans, and humans, etc. So there, they got that some space bitmojis. Okay, it's space bitmojis. Starting by an artificial header and footer that consists of prime numbers. Yep, just like contact. 
Jonathan Jiang, project lead and scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I can't tell that dude nothing. What am I going to say? Hey, excuse me, uh, Mr. Jiang, project lead and scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I'm Tony P., host of Tony P. Oddcast. Anyway, he told Newsweek that the message also depicts a group of cosmic landmarks to indicate the location of Earth within the Milky Way. So we give him, we give him these aliens all the information, all of it. Here's, here's where we're at. Here's our house. Here's what we're made of. No, I don't mean skin and bones. I mean on a molecular level. Here's what we're made of. Just come on in and wreck shop. The question of whether or not we're alone in the universe has tantalized scientists for decades. But efforts to find intelligent or even microbial life anywhere else but Earth, 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 have been unsuccessful. Some scientists think that's a good thing. One of those, Stephen Hawking. Y'all remember the late Professor Stephen Hawking? He expressed concerns multiple times about humans calling into the vastness of space and contacting aliens. I'm, uh, I, I'm fascinated by the idea of alien life out there. Uh, I've mentioned the movie Contact. I've seen it a hundred times. And one of the, one of the lines, as a matter of fact, I think it's the last line of the movie spoken a couple times is if there's no alien life out there, uh, it'd be an awfully big waste of space. I kind of believe that. Why is all that? Why is all that out there? What's going on? There has to be something, right? Hawking showed support for efforts to find alien life by listening. That's cool. Hey, let me keep an ear out. But warned against actively reaching out ourselves using humanity's own behavior as a sign that aliens won't necessarily be friendly. I think I think that's fair. Like, think about it. Like it I have a very pessimistic view. So, you know, if I say, hey, look at all the other humans. How do you think the aliens will be? I'm not putting money on that. But but let you think about it. Everyone go think in your own little thinking place. Do you really think you know, aliens would be cool? Like, are they going to be chill? Or are they going to be like, nah, we've seen what you've done to this earth and your own people. You've done horrible things to other humans. There's no way the aliens are going to be cool with that. But who knows? If you look at history contact, this is Stephen Hawking again. If you look at history, contact between humans and less intelligent organisms have often been disastrous from their point of view. And encounters between civilizations with advanced versus primitive technologies have gone bad for the less advanced. Long story short, the, the more powerful, stronger, smarter, more capable group usually destroys the other one. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. Hawking went on to say that aliens could be vastly more powerful than us and may not see us as any more valuable than we see bacteria. Think of that. Think of like literal bacteria and viruses and that we get rid of those quick. Ew, gross. You get sick. Take it a step further. Think of bugs. How many bugs have you just stepped on? Because you could. Now, what if, like, what? here it is, man. Dude, think of this, man. What if we're the bugs? Hmm. Another, uh, I don't even know who this woman is, Jamelia Ha, I believe she is also a scientist. 
Oh, it says right here, Jamila Ha is also involved in the BitG project. Now, there you go. She thinks that the benefits of contacting aliens outweigh the potential risk. Man, I wouldn't want that quote on paper. Famous last words. Stephen Hawking's quote is absolutely inspiring, and my personal conclusion was that any species capable of understanding and interpreting our message will likely be equally, if not more, intelligent and wary of our existence. Who is this person? I mean, she ain't got no titles, no, no, nothing. You know what? Nah, Stephen Hawking's. Hmm. So she wraps it up by saying, as long as contact is approached with a clear sign of peace, it can be assumed that the hopeful possibilities and discoveries that come alongside communication outweigh the risk. Uh, I've seen a lot of alien movies, man, from Contact to Predator to Alien to E.T. But have you seen Mars Attacks? I think Mars Attacks really puts it into perspective. The aliens show up. Of course, the U.S. has, like, the president and the army and everybody. Uh, uh, the U.S. has the idea of, hey, we should um, we should fly some doves. The aliens will appreciate that. Well, it scares the crap out of them, and they shoot everyone up. 